Welcome to the Powered With Love podcast, the podcast that brings to you what's working on the coalface from people within our community who are defying the odds. The podcast that gives you the ability to power your life with love. I'm the host, Stephen Cromedy, and let's get stuck into today's edition. Lee, welcome. Looking forward to seeing where this goes. Uh, Interesting being on this side of the microphone, so uh, looking forward to it. Lee, you are speaking earlier about trainers, marketplace, and if there's that one place where the audience could go to, it would actually be a better end experience and probably be better for the trainers as well. Very much so. With real estate training, I think it's a little bit like those self-help books. You know, there's so many books out there. It's so noisy, just like trainers. Very noisy, lots of information. As an agent and as a principal, how do I know who to turn to for what at the moment? How do I know what to actually use to cut my craft and what's most important to use at the moment with the world that we're in, particularly as we're, you know, 14 weeks in to the most, you know, most amount of disruption we've seen in the shortest period of time being COVID. Where do I start? Where do I go to? Firstly, you won't get it in a five-minute clip. So I think this notion of, oh, geez, that goes for a long period of time or is there a shorter course than that? So yourselves are booked in to come to the Complete Salesperson course at Hunter Valley. And today when I was driving up here, I could see all these bookings coming in of all these famous, incredible agents who've probably come in to do the course for the 20th time. And a lot of people think, why would someone do a course 20 times? Like, are you thick? You know, why do they go back? And I think what it is, is you've got to pick a model. So the Complete Salesperson course is a model. Find, list, communicate and sell. It's got mapping processes that show you that gap theory, but then it's got the content and the actual words and the backup in digital now because the Complete Salesperson course digital is being recorded as we speak, meaning that's all the scenes I've been doing while locked under lights. But even doing that was amazing. Uh, we, I never thought I'd do the Complete Salesperson course digital. But now, for a principal, you can have people do the Complete Salesperson course every day of the week versus, oh, when's it on at the Hunter again and when's it on in Melbourne and when's it, when's it on in London versus it could be done every day of the week now. So someone joining the industry needs to pick that model. And there's some fantastic real estate trainers in this country, but we come from different thinking. And there's nothing wrong with the different thinking. You've got to be aligned with that thinking. And I suppose from myself being a practitioner who came through the ranks as I did, I could structurally see the difference. I could see where, where people can't see things. I'm very good visually and I can draw that diagram or show it to someone in a spinning diagram. They go, I can actually see it for the first time. So it was like when I wrote the book Frameworks, that was the first time a lot of people would respond back saying, I've been in this industry 10 years and it now makes sense. But I put it into horizontal and vertical management there was there's only 10 milestones to the whole real estate process but, but, but that gaining visibility moment is when people went i could repeat that performance i could repeat that performance um you know i wrote complete data 20 years ago after reading the book the e-myth and it's still the software used in this company today very very well producing the listing opportunities that it generates for the company based upon that original model so, you know, we're proud of Love Realty that you've stuck to the model. You didn't go there, 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 and I don't know where I am. You Lead generation, lead conversion, client fulfilment. So what you've got to do is pick a model, pick a trainer 
that has blended learning. And blended learning is important. Some people want to read it. Some people want to listen to it. So Real Estate Hot Topics did so well because it was the training institute for people that won't read books. You could listen to all these brilliant audios month after month and go, I'm going to pull that in. I've got you know, Steve's words. I've got Matt's words. I've got John's words. And you could make your own choice about what you would say based upon five wordsmiths using the words. Mm. And then you've got Todd. So training on demand is where we are now. And training on demand is digital training. Where in your Todd book, the six video clips, uh, we just did uh, the Auction Now training system for Auction Now. That there is like a master's degree in real estate. If you go, like Damien Cooley would be one of the most talented real estate brains I've ever worked with structurally. And the Auction Now platform is absolutely, I, I had no idea how good it was until I had to get into it. But someone, and that's a free course. So if you go to toddbooks.com.au and click on the Auction Now course, that one's free because it's wow. a product. Yes. But you, you'd actually learn how to sell real estate from that one course. It talks the ex- digital exchange of contracts because we are now in the digital agent. So sign on glass, sign on everything. Uh, 10,000 people hit the Auction Now site in that second week of the pandemic. And thousands of people were just watching auctions online because they couldn't go out. Mm. That's amazing. That's how passionate the Australians are about real estate. And I think that's here to stay. You know, those changes, they will be here to stay. It's just a case of how many of the agents will stay on course, how many of the agencies will stay on course instead of falling back into the old way of doing things. Look, I like, again, the fact that you're saying pick a model. Pick a model that suits you and then find a trainer that has the capability on providing a blended approach on delivering the content so you can build that model. On the subject of models, here's what we hear. We hear the current models broken time and time again. With COVID, with the last 14 weeks, there's been a lot of advancements. To me, you know, I was speaking with you the other day and you were talking about it only being 14 weeks ago that we're on a ride uh, with each other on the other side of the world. Number one, getting to the other side of the world is near impossible at the moment. Number two, it feels like years ago with the level of changes that have happened within our community as a human race, uh, the way we communicate, you know, just the whole experience that we now require to keep us safe. Yeah. When I look at this terminology, the current model is broken, what are we referencing to? Are we referencing to the fact that as agents we need to be providing an all-encompassed one approach top to tail service where someone can purchase a property and they can be looked after with moving, they can be looked after with conveyancing. Are we talking it from that perspective or are we talking about the way we function as agents or a combination of both? Combination of both. The consumer, the real estate industry is quite old fashioned. Uh, They argue a lot, they're very competitive (laughs) and the consumer's like, you should sort that out. Like it's, it's, it's lacks business maturity if you like. So working in harmony means that we can all sell real estate and if we can all give great service, the the consumer benefits from that. And I'd advise everyone, stick as as close as you can to your customer. Don't worry about anything else going on around you. The customer is king. And the customer decides anyway. They don't care what colour you are. They care about, can you assist me selling one house once? And can you guide me on that advice? And are you up to date with the tools mm. that are available? So COVID was interesting that uh, the digital agent, real estate got caught out. 
you can't do open houses, you can't show it. Uh, so the video walkthroughs and all the things that happened in video was accelerated because we were behind. We weren't ready. Yet if somebody wants to buy a property from London here today, they're not going to come and see it. And I think you'll find a lot of people don't want 50 strangers in their house ever again. Why? Just bring me the one that wants to buy it. So I think you're going to see the digital inspection as number one. So someone you'll put a property online and the first thing they'll do is a digital inspection. It could be a scan of the house, the video walkthrough, and if that's all good, then you'll go to inspection two, which is the physical inspection. But inspection one, I believe, will be digital. And I believe, as you've said, there'll be two people that will have that expectation. Number one, it'll be the actual seller. Number two, it'll be the person making the decision, looking for the product or looking for the home that's right for them. Because they've now become accustomed over the last 14 weeks on doing everything from a digital component. And, and the, like it. I know. the way They that actually we, like it. The way that we're using digital prehand, in my belief, was the fact that it created a disconnect in society. It separated families. It segregated you from your children. I think what it's done is it's connected families. It's connected people. And we're changing the way that we're using it. We're, you know, dialing in our, our parents. We're, we're dialing in people. And we're now more comfortable with having digital communication and also in addition to that that digital experience that we now expect with the products that we're purchasing it's almost as though we want to have the full senses that we're capable of feeling as a human and that's our expectation prior to going and looking at it and it's now become the new norm i'll give an example rob and i've got an investment property it's a three-bedroom unit in the gossip waterfront area and I wish now that before we rented it out, we staged it, photographed it, videoed it, did a scan of it. So three, four years down the track, we could sell it right now without disturbing the tenant. Because mm. the tenant's fantastic. They don't want strangers coming through the property. But there's no reason why we couldn't have put that online on, on auction now. So this property's available. You can walk around the building. You're not allowed through it. You're only allowed, it's only video inspection only. The tenant wants to stay. Uh, they love the property. And there is no physical inspection until settlement. That's the rules of the sale. People go, that's oh, a good building. I've walked around it. It's a nice spot. Uh, the scan, the video work was amazing. I could go into every corner of the property. I'll take it. But because we didn't, uh, we now have to wait until the property's available again and then go through that. But if you would have done that for every investment property, you've always got that, I can release the property whenever I At like without disturbing point. the tenant. And, and do it Honestly, lots of people yeah. say they can, but that's not true. Mm. And, you know, there's some great operators that were ahead of the game. For instance, Lauren, you, I think we might have mentioned Lauren uh, since we've been talking today, but Lauren Robinson, I know that she automatically has a video tour for every single one of her properties. Yep. So even though she's in the property management business, any one of her investors right now could go to market without disturbing the tenant at that capacity. And I'm pretty sure Joel Davis is operating at that he capacity that as well. Very, very good virtual tours. Some great and operators. Then, but if I want to, if I was moving to Brisbane now, I don't need to go through the property. If I'm going to rent it for a year for a job relocation and I see the, vi the video scan or the video tour, that's all I need. Give me the video, yeah. give me a floor plan and let me know how much I'm going to be paying. That's it. Pretty simple, isn't it? The th whole theme all the way through has been how things have changed, what people are doing that, uh, capitalising and utilising these changes really well. I think the next most obvious question would be an employer of choice. What is it that they're providing now and 
what is it that uh, they're not only providing from the services they provide their people specific within our industry, but who are they being most importantly? An employer of choice today is definitely flexible. So you'll see different models running in, in a business today. So the effective business unit model is allowed. The one team-based model is massive, not understood in this country, and they should do the one-team course uh, that you did for a Todd, if no one's uh, heard of that one. And then you've got people that are just a solo operator. Not every... I think businesses have tried to be one thing, yet people aren't one thing. They're mm. all different types of people. On a management and leadership level, it used to be that, you know, your CEO, your GMs, all that was up here. That, all that's gone now, and it's actually from the bottom up. So I know I say to my management team, we're at the bottom, we're the foundation, and the team, we've got to push them up. We've got to, what do they need? We're, we're serving them, not vice versa. Yes. Uh, a great example of that would be the Dane Atherton team from Harcourts Coastal in, in Queensland. So what makes Dane Atherton and his team at Harcourts, more importantly, an employer of choice? Well, Dane was a trainer. He was my competitor for many, many years. And so he went in and did not listen to sell real estate. So he's a non-competing principal, which people like. But he also built an essential services team that the agents didn't need their own personal assistant. So there's many people working out there really, really hard, but there's no money left. Mm. Uh, you know, 44% of their GCI goes on support of people to support them, which is a luxury because they're not actually doing enough volume to support that level of support. So that ratio comes in of, you know, how many support to how many agents. And right now, um, and it's been interesting for me working with Realtair because I'm seeing support being like 1 to 3 versus 1 to 15, 1 to 20. And technology can take us to like 1 to 20 versus 1 to 1 is just too expensive. Mm. So... You know, Dane did very well by saying to people, look, should you decide to come and work with us, you won't need to be paying for your own professional assistant. We do all that for you. So just the non-responsibility of having someone to be responsible for and why can I pay their wages and I haven't got any money left myself is a huge issue in the industry. That we want to be able to sell less homes for more money versus I'm doing all these homes and there's no money left. So there's a lot of people out there that may say, you know, all right, 1.5 million a year in fees, but it's costing them 1.6 to do it. Yes. Uh, so that's an issue. And the employer of choice today has leadership, and I truly believe there is a leadership premium. There's been a massive push out there of going to work from home and get all the money yourself. Uh, working from home is the forgotten workforce. You've got to interact and collaborate with someone to be part of it. And I worry... Uh, totally, COVID. the forgotten workforce. Yeah, I'm the, just... I'm, I'm visualising that, yeah. being the wordsmith you, you are, you know, because they are. They're out... It's like they're at an outpost. Yeah, well, we've had scenarios there... Well, I look at the people at work, um, and we've got a lot of young girls that work for us, but they'll say something, and I think, geez, that was interesting, and, geez, you're learning well, because we are talking and collaborating, and then the next team leader job comes up, and I think... Uh, Riley be good for that, mm. you know, because we're collaborating. Yet the people working from home, I've forgotten all about them. They go, oh, that's right, they work for us. Uh, oh, when are they zooming in again? It's a worry. I, I, I think working from home is a backup plan for what's just happened. And I think, like, I work from home in the mornings. I do five in the morning. I'm an early riser. 
But by about 7.30, 8 o'clock, I've got to get out of there. Like, I've got the most beautiful home recording studio. I love it. I'm 20 yards from greatness every morning from bed to studio. But then I want to get out of there and get up to the office where the problems are. Because work is, for everyone, what are you fixing? So if an owner wants to sell a house, we're fixing something. Why do they want to sell a house? They want to flick an investment. Let's fix it. When you come into work, Steve, and someone says, you know, I'm trying to pay my mortgage and I need to find more listings, well, then let's fix your lead generation problem. Let's take you to the complete salesperson course. Yes. You know, we're fixing something, then you turn up the complete salesperson course, and I'm fixing something. But if you're not fixing something, you're not providing value. So when I say stick close to the customer, I think every day. So Robin was explaining something to me on the way up here uh, to this interview about something that had gone wrong. And I got really interested, thinking, geez, imagine if we fix that. Versus, yes, it's wrong, but that's because it's new technology. But imagine if we fix that, and the, the team she was speaking about were elite ninjas, like best in the country. And I said, but Rob, geez, if you fix it for them, everyone else is like 10 years away from their level, you'll, you're ahead of the game. Mm. But if we're not fixing something, you're not actually required. Uh, it's like the word retirement. Uh, the word retirement actually means no longer in use. <laughs> what wow. a frightening word. And it was brought in in like the 1800s to get people out of politics so they could move new people in. So if you were retired, you're no longer in use. And may, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm no longer in use. Versus I need to sell someone's house, rent a property, train someone, fix up scripts or dialogues. You know, to be useful is to be skillful. And to be skillful, you've got to be progressing and if you are fixing something for someone, you must be useful. And it's difficult to do that solo. And look, I'm a big yeah. believer in, in what you've shared today. I think working from home, you're a, you're a particular type of person. You've been employed to do that. You actually have that skill set and that capability. And that's one of the mistakes that I'm seeing a lot of people make is that they've just done it on mass proportion and they haven't even identified a system for measuring, a system for training, a system for collaboration. Mm. And I think there'll be a lot of people that suffer at their hands at that blanket approach rather than identifying, number one, which role does it make sense to work from home uh, within that position? Number two, are you the right person? Is this right for you? And then number or three... Or is it a blend? Like you might do correct. one day from home or something. But yeah. I think I'll never go back to work again. I'm hearing people say all this and think, yeah, but how would you learn? And well, you, it, it stops. It comes to an end. Do you know when the trades people come to the building, your, your place of work, and they're <laughs> fixing something? I love all the trades guys. But I forever saying to the girls, did you offer them a coffee? They go, no, I didn't. And I'm in the car park and I'll say to the plumbers, oh, do you guys want a coffee? They go, oh, I'd love a coffee. But they remember that that's the place where you get a coffee versus no one offering them anything. It, it, there's little life skills that go on, but you watch when you need a trade quickly and there's 10 in the list, who they jump best for is the one who made them feel most welcome. Uh, it's not the bill. They're going to get paid, but oh, I like going there. The Academy are nice people. But you've got to remember to offer them a coffee. It's just one of those things. Well, human interaction particularly with what we've gone through at the moment. It's something we crave the most, most, and it's what connects us as people. It What makes us different to everything else on the planet is that ability not only to think about the past, plan for the future, but the way that we interact on an emotional level, that's going to be remain within us forever as humans, and it's something you can only get from collaboration, 
interaction. And those two aspects that you've said about being a modern leader, I think for the listener, just to cap, you know, cap off on, on what those two points were, it's providing the services that give someone the capability to perform within their role and it's being flexible. And it's also that flexibility with the ability to provide the knowledge that people need as a leader, as a mentor, to work within the industry that they've chosen. On that topic, What's your belief around agents and principals either having a mentor or a coach? Is that one of the things that hasn't changed in your 20 years of being a leader since joining the industry in 1992? Have you noticed that the people that do tend to achieve more than the people that don't? Without doubt, but there's also an odd side of coaching that some people do it for the wrong reasons. So... If I started a business called I'll go to the gym for you.com.au, I'd get a stack of members fast. But you do need to go to the gym or do some sort of exercise. Someone can't do that for you. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if I get a coach, if I get coached by Lee Woodward, um, that'll fix it. Now, coaching is about implementation and doing. So what's on your learning menu becomes really important. So Steve, you're a good example. I've mentioned to you before that a leader needs a voice and multimedia is the future of communications. You've now studied, brought in all these good people around you, bought the right podcast equipment and you now have a voice, whereas two years ago you were quite shy and didn't have a voice, meaning I'm the leader of the business, I'll let them go out there and do it. But as a leader you need a voice and multimedia is the communication channel. You are your own channel seven now. But you've gone through that doing part. So you and I can have the chat. But if you're going to turn up every month and you've still done nothing, I'm now a waste of money. Yes. Because people turn up every month in their coaching session and it's therapy. It's not imp- – I'm not a therapist. I'm a person who can say, look, I think you should get into multimedia. Come down to my studio, do an interview. And I, you remember I asked you to do the Lisa Novak interview. And that was a moment when you think, I should do this. That Here was we that are doing point. it. So this is a coachable moment today. I'm in your studio now, but that's doing. It's different to, yeah, pay me every month and I'll listen to you say stuff and we do nothing, and in a year's time, you've done nothing. So what's the last three game changes you've brought to the table becomes that question. And everyone's got to be asking that. I ask myself that all. I'm not up at 5 o'clock in the morning watching a German video podcast for the fun of it. I need to study the equipment. Why? I'm responsible to know that this stuff's even available because... I could change the world with that. Absolutely. And it's being that 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 person that can guide the people that you're working with so they, A, know where they're going and how to get there, and then, B, are corrected as they go along the way. What's the difference between a mentor versus a coach? A mentor to me is someone you've got massive respect for that will give you honest, reflective answers. So I've got people that I go to and they're different to me. I think that's the other thing too. Um, Shirley Dalton is a mentor of mine, and a lot of people know Shirley. She's like the process procedure queen. (laughs) But I actually like working with her because she thinks totally different to me. And we have a laugh sometimes because we are like that, beautifully different. She will go, oh, she'll laugh. I can't believe you think that. I think that all the time. And then vice versa. So, you know, that's a good example of that. Whereas a coach is, okay, this is how you perform that action. So you don't say, should you decide to sell the property? Should you decide to release the property? And they go, got it. And that's coaching. You know, and words are the biggest thing ever in coaching in my world. And people, so I, um, I was listening to your on hold music the other day. 
and it said, uh, should you want a neutral opinion on price? And I start laughing. I wonder where we got that from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love that, that, you know, you've come to the course and listened to, never say, do you want an appraisal? Do you want a property assessment or a neutral opinion on price? But I hear you're on whole music and go, fantastic. The coaching sticking versus everyone should have that, but everyone doesn't because everyone, everyone, everyone gets the information, but they don't have the courage for the activation. So when I come in here today and I can hear the on hold music, I was on your website and saw the blogs of all the real estate hot topics and stuff and think, I remember that conversation having with you, but to see it live now, coaching's worth it. And that's that difference between mentor and coaching. Fantastic. Lee, f- brands, franchises, independents, 20 years ago, obviously they brought to the table what wasn't accessible on the World Wide Web. They brought to the table what wasn't accessible with all the trainers roaming around the world with everything at our fingertips. These networks, is there value in being in a network? And what is it people should be looking for within a network given we're in 2020 verse, you know, 20 years ago? Yeah, Structural complex question. The, a network and a membership group and a franchise are all different things. There's some powerful franchises in this country that do provide incredible value. But the value is in the that leadership. Value? Yeah. The leadership. You know, I did the um, Peter Hanscom interview for Bell. He's a powerful leader. And, you know, Hocking Stewart were purchased or acquired by Bell. And I know all the Hocking Stewart guys, I've been there for. 15 years or something, mm. you know, they love that acquisition of this new leadership coming in and what he brings to the table. So the leader of the whole thing becomes uh, a huge part of it. Uh, Ray Ellis from First National, I did a leadership interview with him and, you know, they're a customer of ours and we've worked for them for 20 years. But I love that First National get us to do all their webinar training and live training as an external member partner to them versus trying to get that level of talent internally. So the leader at the top of it becomes the question. You know, what what is the leader thinking and where's it going to go? Whereas when you see a brand or a network that's lost its way, they've lost their interest in the learning side of it or they're not up to date with what's going on around them. And I look back through time now and some of the most premier big brands of all time have now become old, not old in age but old-fashioned that they didn't keep up with the current relevant things that you need to. And then there's some brand new, uh, the EVU group in Melbourne, you know, what they brought to the Manos table. Manos Maria. Manos Maria brought amazing stuff. That I was working with their son last night. He's in Greece at the moment because he can't back, get back to Australia. I texted him this morning saying, how amazing has he turned out? Like, you know, you see that DNA of the mm. family business coming through, but he was negotiating a massive um, thing for the group and we were chatting about it and I just thought, wow, look at you go. I, mean, I remember you were this little kid and here you are coming through the ranks. How so, old is he now? Uh, he would be... Man, I... Uh, don't get upset if I get it wrong, but he'd have to be 27, something like that. and But just turn into a great young executive through, but, you know, that brand's built on that family feel and touch and they have pizza night. So well, I, they I even think take people, their group back to Greece. Uh, they do. They do. They do. It's phenomenal. And I think there's definitely value in being part of something. I really do. And, that, and anyone who's collaborating is really, really part of something Uh, when we do our leadership conference one thing i love about that and steve you've spoken to that a few times is 
brand doesn't matter. The leader matters. We don't care which brand or colour you're from. We care about leadership. But the last leadership conference at the Hunter Valley that we did was one of the best speaker lineups we've ever had. But people come to that because they feel part of something. You know, the complete leader is something you feel part of. So I I think we all want to be part of something. I I think there's definitely a place for franchise, networks. Uh, I think they've got to work harder than ever. They can't just think, oh, well, we've got all the tools. Uh, You'll come to us. No. Uh, The research and Harcourts are another one. Harcourts do amazing work in this country. Look at what they're... They've come from absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and I just said they've got a lot of happy members, you know? Yeah, they do. And I'm looking at that network grow and grow it's uh it's been really surprising just watching that so ultimately it comes back to the value is is in the ip of the leader yeah the, running the organization premium. um when a leader's got that vision they're excited and they're moving the, the group forward everyone will follow so yeah to me I, I can see why ceos of these big businesses uh, are paid or rewarded the way they are and what they can do and, you know, it's like the guy who went into Ford when it was, you know, falling apart. To pull that back together, that's skillful. Mm. You know, there's a lot of leadership there that has to go on it. Still one of my favourite interviews I've ever done was Tracy Fellows uh, when she ran realestate.com. But I interviewed her about when she ran... Um, my interview was when she was at realestate.com, but I was interested about when she ran Australia Post. She turned Australia Post around into the biggest delivery... Uh, online service delivery, Australia Post, no one was sending mail anymore. You know, the stamp days were over. And to turn that into an online delivery company was just amazing. Well, and to have that capability to turn, I'm going to use the word institution. Yeah. It would have been institutionalised. You know, we don't, do, we don't do those things here or we don't do it that way. Yeah. You would have been, you could only imagine how many times you would have heard that. So to actually change its complete direction to being an online service that delivers the marginal amount of mail by hand because that's what's still coming through. You know, that's part of what they do is not their main service. So well done to Tracy Fellows because her leadership qualities and her capability to have the foresight to do that would have been absolutely phenomenal to get that change to happen. And she's now in New York running News Corp for the world. Mm. This amazing lady from Melbourne uh, to be, as a female, brilliant leader, to be taken to New York and do what she's doing there, amazing. Like The leadership side of it is everything. Leah, I've just had goosebumps. I'm thinking about your journey. I'm thinking about what you've experienced as an agent um, since 1992. I'm thinking about the people you've met, you know, just talking I've about Tracy Fellows, you know. Yeah. I remember I remember many years ago on the front cover of the magazine, none other than Richard Branson, and you look at the people that you've met. You're certainly one of those people that I truly think can provide a lot of value to our industry. There's a lot more value yet to be provided by you. The insights you've shared today, if someone just grabs this information that you've shared, they have the capability of not only forging a phenomenal real estate career based on who they need to be and where they need to, where their vision needs to be set, but principles alike have the same capability of dovetailing on the information that you've shared. Thank you for coming online to do this today, Lee. I appreciate you taking the time, but also on behalf of myself here at Love and the entire industry, thank you for your years of service and your contribution. Thank you very much. It was great to be here. If you like what you've heard today, remember 
to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you discovered us on YouTube, remember, hit that bell so you can be notified when these new episodes become available. Leave a comment and we look forward to bringing you the latest material that's going to power your life with love.